0: listening to The Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve Podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Got a good show for you today. We're going to go over what we watched last night on The Bachelorette and seemingly the biggest problem this show is having right now that's really reared its ugly head in the last few seasons. And then we'll get to a little bit of Bachelor talk and maybe finish up with some sports. But, as you know, we'll get to that momentarily. This podcast is always sponsored by Dame Products. When you think of vibrators, you think of Reality Steve. Try adding a toy into the mix and discover new layers of pleasure you can share, plus sex that you'll look forward to. Use the code Reality Steve to take 15% off your first order at DameProducts.com. Also, Today's podcast brought to you by Green Chef. Go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve135 and use code realitysteve135 to get $135 off across five boxes and your first box ships free. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. All right, so let's get to talking about last night's episode. And there's kind of a lot to cover here. And I think the first thing was just the bizarreness of the fact that, you know, Jesse said at the two-hour mark, ABC has extended us an extra 15 minutes. That was not done on the fly. If you looked in your episode guide before the episode last night, it said the episode, at least in Central Time, was from 7 to 9.15. So it was always planned to go 15 minutes extra. Not sure why they needed that 15 minutes. They could have done all of what they did last night in two hours, but... You know, they got their 15 minutes, and it cut into Simu Liu on Family Feud, uh, and his team destroyed it in the final round, and they got the 200 points, which is literally the easiest thing in the world to do on that show. But um, let's start with Rachel and Avon. Um, I think this show is having a bit of a problem, and it's kind of weird to say that after 46 seasons, because... The idea behind this show has never changed. It's never changed, which is, hey, you get to the end, you get engaged. They really push for an engagement. There's only been like three non-engagements in the last 30 seasons or something ridiculous of that between The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. It was Colton's season didn't end in an engagement. Matt James' season didn't end in an engagement. Juan Pablo's season didn't end in an engagement. But every Bachelorette ever has ended in. With an engagement outside of Gen Chefs, which was just a weird ending period, but pretty much it's expected that this show ends in engagement. At least since the revival of this franchise, which was basically 2000, and you know, I, I basically ever since Brad Womack 1.0, though the three seasons that I mentioned were the only ones to not end in engagement, I believe. But here we are, Rachel and Avon, just butting heads over what they want. And Avon just kept saying, I want to leave here with you. I do feel like I want to get engaged. I just want to be sure. And Rachel's like, but you basically told me that you were ready to get engaged. And this is what they were saying in Mexico. We'll get to what they said live together. But this butting heads of, Him just constantly telling her, yes, I haven't changed my feelings on you, but I just want to be sure. And he could have been more clear, and he was more clear on the After the Final Rose, but in that moment in Mexico, he wasn't clear, and you could tell what he was saying. He should have just flat out said, I can't get engaged to you in five days. I'm not there yet. But he kept saying, look, I want to be with you. This can work outside of the show. I know it can. That's all he's saying is, I want a date in the free world before I get engaged to you, which is perfectly fine. And it's the reason that I've made fun of this show for literally the 18 years I've been covering it. Because expecting an engagement at the end is freaking ridiculous. You barely know this person. And I know some people will go to the card of, you know, it's worked for other people. Look, the Tristan Ryan's of the world, the Desiree and Chris's of the world, the Ashley and JP is of the world for eight years at least. Uh, Rachel and Brian, JoJo and Jordan, they are the exception, not the norm. Because couples have come out of it doesn't necessarily mean there has to be an engagement at the end. Sean and Catherine, the only Bachelor couple where the Bachelor is engaged and still married to the woman he picked at the end. He's the only one in 26 seasons. It's 26, right? Um, Yeah. Clayton was season 26. Sean is the only bachelor in 26 seasons who is married to the final girl that he chose. They've had more bachelor marriages happened to the final two girl. Ari dumping Becca for Lauren. They're still married. Jason dumping Melissa for Molly. They're still married. And yet the only bachelor that chose his final one and is still married is Sean. So that goes to show. To stay together and get engaged at the end of this thing and re- and have a lasting relationship is – it's not it's not expected. It's not the norm. Those people that I mentioned earlier, the Tristan and Ryans, Dez and Chris, Rachel and Brian, JoJo and Jordan, Ashley and JP for, for eight years, they're I, – I might be missing one other one, but they're the exception. They're not the rule. So I see where Avon is coming from. However – In the context of the show, you have to know that this is what is expected. So to throw that on the lead so late in the game, you know, Jason did it. Avon did it. I'm not there yet. I can't see myself getting there. Now, Avon didn't say it like Jason did. Jason flat out told Gabby, I don't see it. I can't see myself getting engaged to you in five days. Avon beat around the bush a little bit. And... Going to the live after the fun arose with her, he was honest. He basically said, I got caught up in saying I thought I'd be ready in two weeks when he told her that. And that, so she had every right to question wait, you told me this two weeks ago. So she was right. And Avon was also right because he's allowed to have feelings for it, say something, and change his mind. It just doesn't look good in the context of this show. I don't think Avon's a bad guy, I don't think he maliciously led her on. But the pressure of this show to get engaged and make it about this, this is where my issue was with Rachel and a lot of people's issue was with Rachel last night. I... Her saying from the very beginning, like, basically, I came on this show to get engaged. That's an awful lot of pressure to put on oneself. And here's why. Because... Let's just say Rachel wasn't on this show and she was just out in the dating world and just going around and dating around and being like, I feel I'm at a point in my life where I'm ready to be engaged and settle down. That's perfectly normal. However, when you go on the show and you're expecting it in the real world, you're allowed to do whatever you want and you're allowed to explore whoever you want and as many people as you want. When you come on this show with that expectation for yourself, like, I am leaving with an engagement. I didn't come here to date anybody. I came to get engaged. It seems kind of ridiculous because you're putting that engagement in the hands of a casting director who gives you 30 guys to choose from. And in this season, even less because you were splitting the season with another woman. So it just seems so forced. And a lot of the you know, the lot of the sentiment towards Rachel last night was she cared more about getting engaged than the actual relationship with Avon. It certainly seemed that way on television, but I don't necessarily know if that's true. And anyone who's saying she settled for Tino because she certainly wanted Avon, see, I saw it the opposite. I felt like she was finding a way to get rid of Avon because she wanted Tino. I'm sure she had feelings for Avon. Sure. But I looked at it more as she was finding a reason to let Avon go because if she wanted to be with Avon and Avon is sitting there telling her, I feel this can work post show. If she really wanted Avon, she would have went with that answer and said, yeah, you know what? Me too. We don't need to be engaged. I want. I, I cannot see myself without you leaving this show without you. I agree. But she didn't. So I – and I just don't think it's all because of the engagement. While I do think it played a major role and she knew that Tino was there, look, you can't all of a sudden – everyone's been saying for the last couple of weeks, oh, you know, after, the, after they realized the Zach blow up and all that, oh, this is going to be – this is Tino's thing. He got the first impression rose. She's always been enamored with him. Like this has always been about Tino. And she was so upset when his family didn't seem to care for her. And it seemed to doubt the process. That's why she was so bothered by it. So you can't come back now and say, oh, she wanted Avon and Tino's her fallback. No. I think it was, I have to let this guy go now because he has no interest in proposing. And I I want a proposal. Now, whether that's realistic of her or not is debatable. I don't think that someone should be going on this show so dead set about about having to get engaged like it has to happen and I understand that that's what the show wants and they're gonna get people as the lead who want to be engaged they're not gonna cast somebody who's like you know what I'm not ready at that point in my life but yeah I'd love to be the lead of the show no they have to push people who want to be engaged however while you could want to be engaged I wouldn't put so much pressure on yourself to be engaged do people see the difference there And I think Rachel put too much pressure on herself. Gabby, while she wants to be engaged, seemingly has more of an open feel about it to where she just wants to find someone for her. And while she would like to be engaged at the end of this thing, I don't think she's putting as much pressure on herself to be engaged at the end of this thing as we saw last night. So the live aspect of it was really interesting just because everybody obviously was trying to figure out their poker faces, Gabby's and Rachel's. And it was pretty obvious last night that Rachel was miserable. And Gabby, while not smiling on every scene, um, seemed a little bit more happy. And like I said, nothing's nothing's changed on my end in terms of what I heard. Gabby and Eric are still together. Rachel and Tino are still broken up. So nothing's changed there. But I'm sure people are reading into a lot of what they saw last night. And, yeah, Rachel didn't look particularly happy up there. And the other thing was, every time Jesse asked them a question, it was almost like they were so instructed to just say generic answers. Like, none of them revealed anything last night. It was, every answer was so generic about, yeah, emotions were high, this has been very tough, but it was good to get clarity. Like, it was just so rehearsed. And, because she couldn't say anything. She couldn't say anything about what's going to happen next week or what's been happening since filming ended, but... I thought that was probably the most interesting part of the live show was these two women were so petrified to slip up and say something that could give next week away for those that are unspoiled, which is most of their audience. I just thought it was uh, really, really interesting. But, you know, next week we have a two hour episode of what happened in Mexico and then an hour after the final rose, which is going to be interesting because we're going to See the full footage. And I think I think what you have to understand is when you watch the promo for next week's episode and now they showed Rachel and Tino arguing, they actually showed Tino before it was just showing Rachel talking to somebody to make you not know. But now that Avon is off the show, they can show that she's arguing with Tino. The av- you got to understand the average viewer of the show has no idea they're not looking at locations of where they're arguing. Yes, we're very well aware that since they've broken up post-show that that argument was clearly not in Mexico and it was in L.A. during a happy couple weekend. But the average fan doesn't know that. So they're still thinking that when they're watching that promo last night, they're thinking the arguing is happening in Mexico and is Tino going to propose or not? Did he dump her at the end? Did she dump him? All this stuff. But nothing's changed in terms of those spoilers. She got engaged to Tino in Mexico, I I do believe that Gabby and Eric did end up getting engaged. I don't think they left dating. That part could be wrong, but they are, for everything I know, that they left Mexico together and they are still together. Now, that brings us to a little bit of bachelor talk. I know that, um, you know, I've said for the last week, I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on. I will say this. I have started hearing some rumblings now, and I think I might know in the next 24 hours, 24 to 48 hours, I'm waiting to hear back on one thing, but I, I think I, I think I know who um, it is, but no clues or anything like that. Because I, like I said, anytime I say anything that's remotely, um, that's not confirmed, it turns into reality. Steve is reporting this. And if it ends up being wrong, it's like, oh, you're wrong again. It's just like people just cannot take what I say and actually listen to the words that come out of my mouth. So I'll just say, um, when I do release it, it'll be, you know, my sources information that have told me, Hey, this is the, this is going to be the next bachelor. This guy is going to be it. And I hope to find out in the next 24 to 48 hours. I really think I am. I really think I am going to get this one for the last week. I was just like throwing my hands up. No idea. Clueless, but got some information recently. And, um, I think I'm going to find out who it is. So hopefully, hopefully I'll have that for you tomorrow, if not um, then Friday. Uh, Something interesting that's happening today I noticed on Instagram. As you know, Caitlin Bristow has her Spade and Sparrows. It got put into Target stores, and I saw that on our Instagram. I was like, oh, wow, cool. Well, she is in Dallas-Fort Worth today, and she is – going to five different Target stores between noon and six today or something like that between three and whatever it was between uh, one and six or something like that. Anyway, one of the Target stores that she's going to be appearing at is literally five minutes from where I live. And I decided that uh, I'm going to go and, uh, you know, say hi to Caitlin. I don't think she knows. I don't think she would recognize me. I've never met her in my life. Maybe she has, you know, recognize my face when I go in there. Maybe she'll know. Maybe she won't. Doesn't matter to me. I'm going to introduce myself and just say hi to her. But, um, yeah, so that'll be fun. That's cool that she got her wine into Target. That's huge. I mean, talk about somebody who's really capitalized and built their brand post-show that hasn't necessarily been built around The Bachelor and Bachelorette. I give all credit to people from this show who haven't made their lives about this show, who were on the show. People like Hannah Ann, people like Caitlyn, people like not Nick Viall. <laughs> um, it's impressive because it's not easy to do. You know, she won Dancing with the Stars. She tours all around. She's got a wine label. She's got, she still have those scrunchies, those $17 scrunchies, which I think seem to be a little high price, but I don't know enough about scrunchies to know for sure. Does she still sell those? The dewy dewy scrunchies or whatever they're called. Um, Anyway, hopefully, I mean, maybe it's packed and maybe I'll never even get a chance to see her. I don't know if the line's going to be out the door or what. But I'll go to Target, the one that's close to me, uh, that she's appearing at, and um, see if I can say hi to her. So that'll be cool. Moving on to Big Brother before we wrap this thing up. If you don't want to know any spoilers now, this isn't game-related spoilers or who won Power of Veto and if it was used or anything like that. This is just more about the show, but it's spoilery, I guess. And I, again, wasn't looking for this. It just showed up on my TikTok for you feed in giant letters. So if you don't want to hear about it in three, two, one. Monty and Taylor making out on the live feeds. How about that? Now, I saw the clip. I watched it on TikTok, and Us Weekly even did a story on it. And so I probably would have come across it even if I didn't see the TikTok because I was scrolling Us Weekly after I saw the TikTok and it said, Monty and Taylor making out on live feeds. So I don't know anything about it other than the clip that I saw. If They're both using each other for gameplay. If this is a power move, now is this so Monty won't vote her out? And is this so she won't vote Monty out? Are these two destined for a final two because they are now coupled up? Are they now going to be a target? Do other people know? Like, these are the questions I don't know yet. Maybe everyone in the house knows that they made out. Um, But it's going to be interesting to see if this was gameplay or not. Clearly, they're probably into each other. I'm not saying they're not into each other and they're literally just making out to get the other person's vote. I don't think that's the case, but it could just be we're late in the game and I want a solid, a more solid alliance than, you know, something verbal. And here's a makeout session to where they're like, yeah, it's us two. And maybe they made a pact to go to the end. But at this point, I have not watched Michael's eviction speech from Thursday, and I have not watched anything that happened on Sunday yet. I I said I was going to, but got caught up in some other stuff. But I will say this. I do think that Brittany has no chance to win, and neither does Alyssa. I mean, this this is going to be Monty, Taylor, or Turner winning this thing. I think we can all agree on that. It all depends on who you're sitting next to. If it's Monty and Taylor in the finals, I certainly think the vote's going to be close. If it's Monty and Turner in the finals, I think the vote would be close. If it's Turner and Taylor in the finals, I think it'll be close and probably lean towards Taylor. Any of those three, Monty, Turner, or Taylor, sitting next to Alyssa or sitting next to Brittany, I think is a Sweep. They get all the votes. What is it? Eight votes? Eight nothing? Maybe Mike, if Brittany's in the finals, maybe Michael gives his vote to Brittany. I don't know. But Alyssa and Brittany have no chance to win this thing. This is a Monty, Taylor, or Turner winner. And one final thing. I talked about it yesterday at the end of the podcast. (laughs) Just... Nathaniel Hackett, head coach of the Denver Broncos, buffoonery, uh, having three timeouts left and at the other team's 46-yard line, and you let the clock run down to 20 seconds and then call a timeout and then send your kicker out there who had missed his last five field goals over 60 yards, and you ask him to hit the second-longest field goal in NFL history when the also the other longest field goal in the history of that stadium in Seattle has been 56 yards, and you're asking your kicker to kick one sixty-four, Okay. Just a horrible decision all around. Everybody knew it was. It's just you sign Russell Wilson for a reason. If you if you can't trust Russell Wilson to get you fourth and five, then why'd you sign him? And then yesterday, and I actually applaud this, because most coaches, especially rookie coaches, in their very first game on Monday Night Football usually won't admit a mistake. Most people in power and most people who have a sense of responsibility don't admit mistakes, especially one this early. But he said, you know what, I've had to do it over again, Should have gone for it. And he's absolutely right. And it would have been very easy for him to say, look, we have have a plan. This is what we wanted to do, and this is exactly the way it worked out. We just missed the kick. He could have easily stuck with that. But he said, no, if I had to do it again, we should have gone for it. So congratulations to Nathaniel Hackett for already realizing his mistake in game one of his coaching career. Uh, Let's uh, hope if you're a Bronco fan, he doesn't have many more of those because that was an egregious blunder on his part. Thank you all for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Tomorrow we'll have two podcasts, as we do every Thursday. You'll have your regular daily roundup in the morning and then your podcast tomorrow. It's going to be a Big Brother-centered podcast, so look forward to that. First time we've had a fully uh, a full podcast dedicated to Big Brother, um, and we're going to talk about that tomorrow. That'll be your Thursday podcast. So thank you all for listening. Again, I really appreciate it. The numbers have been uh, unbelievable! They're going up every week, and I'm just—I I can't thank you guys enough for listening. You really seem to enjoy this. I'm trying to keep them, like I said, around 20 to 23 minutes, and 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 just kind of go from there. But uh, I'm I'm really loving the fact that you guys are enjoying this, and it's just kind of a quick, just thoughts, opinions, and news that's going on that you maybe don't know about when you wake up in the morning. So thank you all for listening again. Appreciate it so much, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. See. Ya!